Welcome to We Talk Banking and Finance from Walkers, where every fortnight we talk to colleagues and peers about the latest trends in offshore finance. Welcome to Walkers' We Talk Banking and Finance podcast. I'm Zoe Hallam, Group Partner in the Guernsey office, and I'm joined today by the co-host of our inaugural podcast, Julia Kepi. Good morning, Julia. Good morning, Zoe. So, Julia, today uh, we have had the fortune of speaking to Didi Slar recently. That's a very fascinating interview, and I'm sure our listeners are going to enjoy it um, as we talk all things fund finance, diversity in the finance industry, and even Johnny Cash. But before we get there, can I just have a couple of minutes from you, Julia, in terms of what we're seeing at the moment? I think you know we've been discussing uh, just before we started this podcast just how busy we've been recently. And now I think we've got some stats to back it up and, and, and what's going on in the industry. So go on, Julia. What have you been seeing on the M&A side? I've been reading a few reports from Bloomberg and FT, among others. And the number that caught my eye was that Bloomberg reported global deal values ended quarter three at $3.8 trillion which is apparently very close to the record-breaking level of 4.1 trillion set in 2007. Tech transactions are leading the way here and also a lot of interest from the US managers in European assets. Good example of that would be the Morrison's acquisition by CDNR, which I think we've all been reading about. Anyway, of course, for banking purposes, this means a corresponding boom in the loan markets with a huge amount of fundraising alongside these deals. Putting this together with the consistent flow of LIBOR amends, Walker's European offices are certainly keeping busy, which seems to reflect the reality onshore as well. So all in all, a pretty busy run up to Christmas, I think, is in our futures. I agree, Julia. And I think uh, on that note, we best uh, speak to Didi um, and get back to our desks. Those of our listeners working in fund finance will need no introduction to our guest today. But for those who haven't heard the name Didi Sklar before, let me give you some background to a lady who is a stalwart of the fund finance industry and an advocate for women in the finance sector. We're going to chat with Didi about her career, but suffice to say, she has worked in banking in the US for over 45 years and has been at the forefront of the development of fund finance products, working with peers in the US and globally to drive the industry forward from humble beginnings to what it is today. A broad range of products, including sublines, NAB facilities, hybrids, GP and LVP facilities and beyond. It's safe to say the solutions to funds financing needs are increasingly bespoke and complex. And what's more, she certainly hasn't let gender stand in a way in an at least traditionally male-dominated industry. Until the end of 2019, Didi was vice chair of Wells Fargo's global subscription finance team and is a founder of Women in Fund Finance, the subset of the Fund Finance Association which seeks to increase engagement and participation of women in the fund finance industry. I'm not entirely sure how Didi has found time to speak to us today, but we're very grateful that she has. Welcome, Didi, to We Talk Banking and Finance from Walkers. We're delighted that you could join us on the line today from New York. Thank you. So... Can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in the finance industry? So um, I'm, I'm very pleased to say that Walkers has been a supporter for all the businesses that I have managed and the creation of what brings our community together through the Fund Finance Association and Women in Fund Finance. And I know we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Um, but I think the question has come to me. Um, how did this come about for me? And so, you know, when I look back 45 years ago, how did I get into finance? Honestly, I was selling shoes. 
And um, I had a customer, um, many of which included Johnny Cash and the Allman Brothers because it was the shoe business. But I had an asset manager um, and that asset manager in Nashville, Tennessee, was managing debt and equity investments in real estate for approximately 30 insurance companies and a couple of pension funds in there. And that's the way I got in. Um, and there's a longer story to that than we have time for. But the message is that I saw a problem. And seeing that problem, I was able to come up with a solution. And that really um, pushed my career forward to a point when one of the people in that company said, I've got a brother in Asia who wants to open up a US office in New York. And that moved me into New York City, still in asset management until tax laws changed. And then I made a move into banking. And that first move was into securitization. And so from securitization and actually learning how to securitize receivables across multiple asset classes, that took me into the Rothschilds in London. And that was a very unique exposure for me coming from the South and getting into Europe. And then that took me into moving a team to West LV, which took me into Germany and other parts of Europe because the bank was in 30 countries. And that gave me the opportunity to take over financial institutions and actually get a call from JP Morgan about a line they were putting together for Goldman Sachs Capital Partners and looking at the security and who was involved and the diversity of the investors took me into fund finance. Okay, just wanted to kind of bring that to a full front to tell you how this comes. But, um, you know, it's, it's seizing an opportunity, finding a problem, standing up and feeling confident about the solution, whether you're a man or a woman, and of course, you were women all the, all the way along. Didi, I wish this was a video podcast because I think all our jaws are collectively on the floor. That's an absolutely fantastic, fantastic story. And, you know, we, we, you talked about your wealth of experience, 20-year tenure at Wells Fargo and prior to that West LB. Very quickly and building on that, from your standpoint, how has fund finance evolved over the last 20 years or so since you sort of were approached for that line of credit to Goldman Sachs Capital? So, you know, interestingly enough, again, I saw a problem and an opportunity. So those years in securitization, we were securitizing the team I was managing, um, companies that were owned by early private equity. And in that year, when I said, oh my God, we have to do this differently, they are syndicating these lines down to the lowest common denominator. And these sponsors don't even know who the banks are in their lines. Um, I, I began to see that we could do things differently. So in 2004, when I created this funds business around West LV, 
the entire market was 1.7 trillion AUM globally, all strategies and included all fund managers. And some of those fund managers, even then, were insurance companies. So, you know, when we think about this, it's not just the sponsors we all know that are private equity uh, backgrounds, but it's also insurance and then later hedge funds employing private equity long-term strategies. So look at that today. You know, from our point of view, yours as a law firm, mine as a prior banker and now on boards, I think we're probably approaching 18 trillion if you put it all together. So that's the evolution of what I see of the fund finance industry and bringing our meetings together with people like Julian and, you know, Mike Masha. We didn't have a fund finance association, but we tried to create meetings to draw consistency in how do we view the credit? How do we view the documentation? to avoid event risk of all kinds. You mentioned the Fund Finance Association, and that's probably a good segue into uh, something else we want to talk to you about, which is obviously the, the women in fund finance. We are three women working in the fund finance industry, and I know Julia and I are especially grateful to you for what you've done so far with the fund, Women in Fund Finance organization. I mean, I think in 2018, the FFA had 30% uh, female members. Do you know how that, that female membership compares today um, and, and what more women and men, I guess, can do f to help achieve equality, diversity and inclusivity across all, all sectors you know, in the industry? So I was trying to get a handle on that before this call, by the way, to bring it up to 2020. But I have no doubt in 2019, it was growing and in 2020, it has decreased. So it's probably at the same level in our community of law firms and banks, but overall, I see it as still an issue, right? For women opportunities, at all levels, in the private equity firms, which has been doing a good job, in the banks, which have been doing a good job, and in the law firms, but I still think we have a way to go. And I think one of the differences that I see in my era of coming along is that for sure women are able to help each other more and that Women in Fund Finance has done that by bringing us women who have successfully navigated their careers and decided they want to have careers. That's a decision which is a little changing right now between women wanting and making the commitment to have careers and balancing their life around that so that it works, right? And what existed back then. And the other issue is, that our industry is so big that many women are not getting the opportunity to work across different segments, whether it's in a law firm and they're working in fund finance, but they've had no experience in law with leverage finance or M&A. In my case, I had a lot of varied experience 
that brought me to this to the points that I was able to make a difference in fund finance generally and women in fund finance. So I think we need to think about that. We need to, to A, um, help our women navigate deciding I want a career, right? And what that's going to be like in different opportunities and speaking to women who have done it, learning more about taking our power and being confident and also achieving parity. That's absolutely agree with everything you've said. And, and you know, I think the, the Women in Fund Finance organization is a, is a great organization for, as you said, that support women, supporting women at all levels, um, senior down to junior and, and, and at the events that you organize. So so thank you for, for founding that organization. You stepped down from your role at Wells Fargo at the end of 2019, and you've since embarked on what, what I would call a portfolio career. Um, I wanted to ask how you're enjoying your new roles and how is it different from your years spent working for institutional banks? So I have to tell you that probably um, I have been asked by people in our community to do several of these podcasts, right? And I was saying, no, not yet, not yet. Um, and now I, I think I can say, so I'm speaking of this from a financial career background, as opposed to being a CFO or a CEO in a corporate environment or a finance company. Um, and what, what I've been able to do, and I'm still growing into building that portfolio, is come up with a few things. So when I think about the the people in our industry and getting varied experience, two people um, on my former team ended up to find their way through college roommates um, into technology. And so one of the things I'm doing is I'm on the board of a woman-founded technology company. She's in Canada. Um, And it's about ESG. It's about supply chain. Because when she started her company, she started it around the pharmaceutical world. Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, names we're hearing every day. And I learned quickly, they were way ahead of us in terms of ESG and who they were doing business with whether it happened to be um, a supplier out of Africa providing palm oil and they needed to know that company wasn't using slave labor or a drug compound coming from Southeast Asia and and knowing it did not emanate from a sanctioned country. So that is one of the things I'm doing. Um, And I came in on 2020, the company grew 147% that year. This year, it's on board for 300%, and I came in while it was in a seed round, and now we're doing a Series B. So that is very interesting, and some of the people in my community through the years, whether they were at Goldman or other firms, have invested in the company. So exciting. The other thing I'm doing is with one of my former clients, 17 Capital, 14 years in the running, 
almost 60 people on the team, screams diversity and what we do to bring people up in terms of performance and development. And they approached it from a different way than my background was in lending. Um, and that, in fact, has taken me into the credit world and the technology transformations and all kinds of things. It's been great. In terms of the other thing I'm doing, it's a think tank and it's with Cerberus and it is retired um, CEOs of corporates in U.S. and Europe. And that gives me a chance to consider things we didn't consider lending digital transformation, collaborative strategy going on in the companies, supply chain resiliency. And the last two things I'm doing so far is I join the board of two SPACs. One SPAC, the CEO is the former chairman of Super Value Grocer with other people around the food industry and technology. And on the board with me is the current head of uh, the current global head of M&A and strategy for Ahold out of Belgium, who bought Food Lion and Fresh Direct. Um, and we are soliciting clients of mine prior for targets and other ways. And the second SPAC is the CEO, who's the former head of Alts for Fidelity, investing in BDCs and credit funds. Um, and a team of smart people around him from Goldman and Morgan Stanley. And on the board with me is the just stepped out um, uh, global CFO for KKR and the former chairman of NBC Television, NBC Universal. So there it brings a realm of things, being a banker that has is around industry people, right? and not necessarily fund finance people. So, you know, my contributions around investors and targets is different than the others, although everybody has been involved in M&A. Didi, this is so impressive. And clearly you're working on all the current trends, a lot of buzzwords there, you know, ESG, SPACs and the technology, the digital transformation. It's, it's amazing to hear and, you know, fantastic that you're working with such amazing people as well. You've clearly accomplished a lot in your career. I think that's a fair understatement. Um, and still clearly a lot that you're contributing in fund finance and way, way, way beyond that. For our listeners, our millions of listeners at the start of their careers, do you have any tips or guidance on navigating the world of finance and perhaps any insights on how to best keep achieving this diversity and inclusion that you've worked so hard on your whole career? The first thing I'd like to say, and I'm super happy that men are getting more involved in women in fund finance at all levels, at speakers, at contributing to workshops, um, at participating for their own careers, so the rising stars, right? So the advice I give is to get involved. And I'm very pleased about what's going on in US, Europe, and Asia with that regard. But you know, you want to you want to kind of say to yourself, um, what do I want to be? Do I want to be the head of the funds practice in a law firm? 
do I want to be the managing partner of a law firm? Where do I see my career going? What interests me? Who are the people that I am looking up to? And what is the experience that I need to get there? And I think that holds true in the banks. And I think that holds true in the private equity firms themselves because um, vision without execution is just hallucinating, right? So you have to develop your own plan along the way. And I, I also see that the more solution oriented that we can become along our path in our career, the more opportunities that we will have. So there are problems. And when you can identify problems, you can, you can work on solutions, but without being able to identify the problem, you can't work on the solution. I'd just like to say one more thing about 17 Capital, since that is part of our industry. And they are, um, they are a group of people that come from law firms, that come from the banks, that come from private equity. And without that combined experience and being able to identify what the fund manager, asset manager needs are, right? The challenges are, that could not result right? Everything is bespoke today. As Zoe said, it is much more complex. Didi, it's fascinating talking to you. I think we could probably be here all day and I'm sure Julia and I will keep you on the line afterwards, but um, conscious that we're, we're taking up your time. Um, we ask everybody that we that we speak to um, in what we call our crystal ball section to, to look ahead and see how do they think you know the next 12 months are going to pan out and if we if we were to have this conversation again in 12 months time which which we'd love to have um what do you think we are going to be talking about i think alternative investments asset managers private equity all the public executions that are taking place the spac market um we're going to be active I kind of feel that if it weren't for all of us during all the havoc that the world has gone through um, and is continuing to go through, that we're holding up the momentum moving forward. So I don't see us talking about less business. I do see us as more challenges to avoid event risk whether that is fraud of any type, okay? Movement of money, the funds themselves. I do think we will be talking about ways that we're being more careful. And I do think that we are gonna to continue to talk about health issues and different viruses, et cetera. Well, let's hope that uh, in 12 months time, Julia and I can have that chat with you in New York. That would certainly be enjoyable. Um, thank you so much for joining us today, Didi. It's been really interesting to talk to you and uh, I think everybody will agree. Thank you. See you in New York. For more information on the organisations that Didi mentioned, please see www.fundfinanceassociation.com and www.womeninfundfinance.com. Thank you very much.
You've been listening to We Talk Banking and Finance from Walkers, your bi-weekly podcast for the latest insights from around our teams in Europe, Asia, and the Caribbean. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe.